What do you get when you cross an elephant and a rhino? I don't know. What do you get? Elephino. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Ramirez, and welcome to the season four finale of the Hit List Podcast, a podcast where me and a guest cross off films from our watch list and discuss them. I'm joined today by my friend and the smartest woman in the world, Edmi. Edmi, thank you so much for being here. Welcome, welcome again. Thank you. The pressure is on with that introduction, but thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to be back. Awesome. So, for those of you who are uh, not in the know, who are just starting to listen to the finale, uh, Edmi was here for season one. She's a, uh, how do you say, an OG of this podcast. <laughs> Before we get started, I have two questions for you. Have your viewing habits changed since the last time you were on the show? So last time you said you kind of schedule out your movies depending on like what mood you want to feel. Has that changed? Oh, it has changed. Um, now I just go willy-nilly with it. Yeah, it has changed. Um, oh. But now I feel like I'm watching more shows than movies. So unfortunately, the movies are not winning right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I used to plan them out, but now I don't. And like, I feel like now I'm like really watching a lot of comfort movies. So like things I've already watched, I'm just watching them again because I know I won't be disappointed. But now that the theaters have opened up, I just, whatever is most popular, I just go and watch. Yeah. That's pretty much what's in theaters now anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't really see much else besides the popular movies. Yeah. Uh, I went to see the second Sonic movie without even seeing the first, which I was actually kind of impressed with. Like... Of all the video game adaptations that are out there, Sonic 2, that was a pretty good one out there. There were some elements I didn't care for, mm -hmm. but overall, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. And I finally got to see everything everywhere all at once. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know you know this by now, but I, I cried so much, I got dehydrated. <laughs> so my second question for you is, what is your cell phone wallpaper? All right, my cell phone wallpaper right now is... It's like... It's literally just a, like flowers oh, with sky. Like it's like a background of a sky with flowers, with the yellow flowers. Uh -huh. it's just you know something for the springtime. Nice. Before it was just like a um, just like snow. So I like to change it up for you know the seasons. Mm -hmm. Something to have fun with, I suppose. <laughs> What's yours? <laughs> so for the longest time, mine was um, Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane from that show Doom Patrol. Oh, wow. But since August. Since August, it's been this cover of the Sword of Doom. Oh, nice! It's a Japanese samurai movie I saw for the podcast last season, mm. and it's one of the best samurai movies I've ever seen. Really? And I really liked it. Mm. So, the Sword of Doom, the yeah. cover art from the Criterion Collection. That's my phone cover for the past. Ooh, how long has it been? Like ten months now. Wow. Oh wow! Okay. I might have to change it up a bit. Okay, you're committed. Yeah, my backgrounds are always like <laughs> something abstract. It's never anything like a person. It's never a person or a show. It's like always like a pretty picture, like a building or something. Mm. Yeah. So today it's a special episode because we're only going to discuss one movie today because I got really busy and didn't want to. I didn't want to watch the three-hour movie that was on my list and do research on that because. I've got more stuff to do nowadays. Mm. So we're going to discuss the movie that was on Edmi's list. And that is Spirited Away. Spirited Away is a 2001 Japanese animated fantasy film written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki 
animated by Studio Ghibli and distributed by Toho. Spirited Away tells the story of Chihiro Ogino, a 10-year-old girl who, while moving to a new neighborhood, enters the world of Kami. After her parents are turned into pigs by the witch Yubaba, Chihiro takes a job working Yubaba's bathhouse to find a way to free herself and her parents and return to the human world. This film was on Enmi's list. Enmi, why was this on your list? Several reasons. I watched a YouTube video. It's a don't want to promote another YouTuber or another like media person on your podcast, but <laughs> um, this, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> this, this YouTube channel, The Take, that I watch a lot, they did a video on Spirited Away, and they uh, the video was about capitalism, and then they looked at Spirited Away on that. Um, mm. Yeah, so I watched it, and I was just like, okay. I need to watch this movie. Sometimes when you like get introduced to something, you like notice it everywhere, but you didn't notice it before like someone mm. spoke to you about it. So that's Definitely. how like yeah, so that's how it happened with Spirited Away and I got HBO Max and it was on there. So I was like, well, then I added it to my list and then I never watched it. <laughs> but then you hit me up and I was like, this is something that I've been like stalling on watching. So this is perfect opportunity to talk about it, to watch and talk about it. So here we are. Have you seen any other Studio Ghibli movies? No, but I'm but I will now. Really? Yeah, no, never. I don't okay. know why it was never on my rear view or whatever. So when I was younger, I remember when we first got satellite TV, which was like Dish Network. Mm. We all, were always watching Toon Disney, and Toon Disney would like show specific movies. Toon Disney had favorite films, I would say, because they would always show like the same movie every week or so, or the other week. And one of those movies was was Kiki's Delivery Service, which is another Studio Ghibli movie. Mm-hmm. And so I always liked that movie because it was just such a cute movie. And I just liked the animation. And I never got to see anything else of it besides that movie because they didn't they didn't show Spirited Away. They didn't show any other one. And it wasn't until I was older I started to discover, like, there are more movies. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's great. So when I was around 17, I saw Studio Ghibli for the – not Studio Ghibli. I saw Spirited Away for the first time. Yeah. And I was so mad I didn't get to see it sooner. And then in April, I saw another Studio Ghibli movie that I've been putting off for years. I mean, years. I've been putting off, putting it off since I learned about it, which is Princess Mononoke. And I saw it back in April. And I saw it with my cousins. They're, like, younger than me. Like, And usually they don't like the stuff I like. They're, like, more, like, into, like, YouTube and TikTok and short-form videos. Not really into films like I am. It's not like, like they don't like films. They just like cartoons like Shrek. Like, yeah, they like yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. They, they saw it with me. Not expecting to like it. But they sat down and watched the whole thing with me. Uh, Princess Mononoke. Okay. And my cousin, he he's the youngest one. He, he said, that felt like an actual movie. I'm like, yeah. It felt like it. <laughs> yeah, because it <laughs> like, was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of like my relationship with Studio Ghibli. Like, I'll watch it and then not watch it. And then regret not watching it when I watch it. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what did you think of this movie overall? Overall, um, okay. So I don't know. Like I expected, I didn't love it as much as I thought I would, which I know is going to be mm-hmm. very controversial to you and the listeners. <laughs> so nobody hate me. It is. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was interesting, and I think the animation is beautiful. The story is interesting. So you know, I. It, I guess, you know, like it, it was good, but I think I had a couple of hiccups about it. And I think maybe during our conversation, maybe some of my questions get answered or the way that you saw it, maybe it's different from the way that I saw it. So yeah, maybe I could give a rating. I'll do, I'll give it a three out of five. Ooh. Okay. Okay. This is, 
<laughs> you said it was going to be controversial. It's already controversial. <laughs> so it? you said you, there were a couple, couple of hiccups. Yeah. What were they? I think my main, okay, my main thing with the ending, and I don't know, like I did watch it like weeks ago, but I remember being like, okay, so this is supposed to be a kid, right? She's a child. Yeah. Right. So then, um, like the spirit or whatever, like what he's a river spirit or lake spirit, something like that. Yeah. He like turned and he's like, yeah, river spirit. Okay. So he turned and he's like, like the love that I have for you, like kept me going or something like that. And I think that's when it lost me. I'm like, what love? What are you talking about? Like, this is a child. Like, I I don't know. Like, for me, it kind of, like, lost me there. I didn't understand, like, the connection that they were trying to build there. So, for me, it just kind of was like, okay, this is supposed to be a child (laughs) story. I think that was my main thing. So, that part did confuse me a little bit. It it still does uh, confuse me a little bit. I think because when he said, like, oh, I know you. Like, I was the river that you almost got swept away in Mm -hmm. uh, when you were younger. I'm like... This is the first time we're hearing about this, right? And I think the reason why it's it's like this because the original cut was going to be three hours, and Miyazaki's was like, no, no kid is going to watch this for more than what it's already going to be, and so he had to cut it. So I'm thinking like in the original cut, there have been more context behind like why Chihiro is like so upset, which. We, you understand why she's moving away. It's it's an upsetting thing to happen to yeah, any kid to move course. away from their friends when they're young. But, but the relationship with the river spirit, that is like it just comes out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. So I'm not sure. And as when he says the love that he has for her, I'm thinking like a like a friendly love. That's what I think. That's how I interpret it as. Yeah. Um. That's that's what I was thinking when I heard that. You told us what you think. You said three out of five. Can mm. you justify that? Did I not just talk about it like for like a minute about? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so okay, three out of five. I think that's still pretty good. I think maybe I need to rewatch it, but I think that I think I missed the main message. I think that's what it was. I mean, I understand that. I think it was a bit of a conversation about capitalism, about overconsumption, and like what people do for money. But also maybe, and I think that's one of the reasons why I regret not watching it earlier, because I feel like I've been introduced to all these topics and like, that's kind of my life now. And I've gone through college. Like this is something that like we have talked to death about, which of course we should keep talking about it. But um, I haven't been, if I had been introduced, if that was my first introduction to it with the meaningful, like I'm like, oh my God. But like, since... There's just so much, so many different medias where I've already like spoken about this or thought about this that this just didn't have the impact that it could have. So I think I'm just too old. Mm. Yeah, I think that's also something because I, I, I kind of relate to the bathhouse workers more now as an adult because I'm an adult now. I have debt to pay off. I have bills to pay. I have parents who are going to retire in a few years. So it's just a bunch of things like if I worked for a restaurant or bathhouse and he was giving out money like that, I would serve him well as you know, like that's more money for me, you know? So yeah. it, it makes more sense in that way. Mm. But you can also see like the 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 rat race for more money that a lot of people get themselves mm-hmm. um, entangled in and just and trapped too. in as well. And I, I'm trying not to do that, but I kind of see myself like yeah, I'm just trying to avoid that because I, I know what it looks like and I don't want to be like that. It's Yeah, it's a hard thing, especially nowadays. So were there any elements in the movie that surprised you? Like any specific art or characters? I guess that lady that helped her. Um, I don't even remember like her. Well, I don't think she doesn't have a name, right? They don't. They relinquish their names. But that lady that was like helping her, um, she seems like she came off as like, 
rude and mean, but she was actually like really helpful. Um, I like the element of like the bugs or the ants or whatever, like helping um, the main character. That was mm. cute. It was giving like, you know how Cinderella has little mice and shit and stuff. <laughs> sorry. And that giant baby, that was jarring. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. That was scary. So the woman's name is Lynn. Lynn. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, she is voiced by Su- Susan Egan, and I'm sure she's been in other Disney movies. Oh, she played Megara in Hercules. Oh, okay, that's my girl. Okay. Yeah, that's why her voice sounds so, so familiar. And she her. was a young woman when she recorded this. She was like 30 when she recorded really? for this movie. Yeah. So she that means she must have been like 26 when she did Hercules. I'm like, wow. Oh, perfect. Legend right there. Right. And there are certainly some elements in this movie that like would creep out some some kids here. Like mm-hmm. if I saw this when I was younger, I, I would have been creeped out with like oh. the spirits when when Chido's like running to go back to the car, mm-hmm. and the spirits appear out of nowhere, like out of the darkness. They're just like see through little yeah. figures, and she's running because she's scared. And I'm like, yeah, I would be scared too. <laughs> I was scared, and obviously, like that's what you want out of a movie, right? You want to be in it. So like, I was the mm-hmm. main character. I'm like run go this way go this way. i'm like jumping around that's like a great action <laughs> sequence even though it was an action sequence i was like oh no oh what i did want to say though like the whole parents transforming into pig thing yeah that's cinema right there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was insane it's, it's symbolism <laughs> yeah beautiful the symbolism beautiful Eddie. like yeah i loved it studio ghibli was like i'm gonna give you the crumbs and i'm gonna make you eat it <laughs> <laughs> There's always, like, that stuff on Twitter where, like, they show footage of, like, why does food in anime look so much better than food in real life? Yeah. And they always show clips of Studio Ghibli movies. Right. And that's, like, whenever you see food here, it looks delicious. Yes. That is an art. It feels like a love story to food, the way that they animate it. It really does look so beautiful and appetizing. Definitely. So, were there any moments that were special? Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to remember this. I really like this. Oh, definitely the name-taking away part. When, um, again, Mm. do not know any of the character's name, but the witch... I think. Is she supposed to be a witch or is she Yubaba. supposed to be evil? Yeah, Yubaba. Yeah. When she took her name, like where your name belongs to me, and then she couldn't remember her name, I was just like, oof, that is a powerful element right there. And that also reminds me of um, John Proctor. <laughs> All roads lead to the crucible. But so he has like this. Way, I oh. always remember. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why that stupid play like stays with me. Like it doesn't make sense. But when John Proctor was like, "All I have is my name. Like don't make me like write my name down as like um as like a witch or whatever. Like that's all I have." And he like and they were like, "No, you have to write your name." And he's like, "I'm gonna die." And I was just like, "Oh." So I thought the same thing with that. And like, yeah. The power of your own name of having it and like your that's your ownership and like you're relinquishing your ownership that was very powerful definitely i, I just remembered the crucible that that's it's so good wild play right it's so um, good i don't understand and when the old man died because he was pressed to death and he said more weights because he didn't want to give up anything because he didn't do anything when i learned that was based on a real story a real man said that and he died i was like you wow this man couldn't be me <laughs> like i read these stories of these people that are just like truly being like so brave and courageous during like their last moments of life and i'm like could not be me the man that set himself on fire in protest wow bro wow 
Like, and just stay there. Oh, man. Yeah, couldn't be me. Um, there are, like, stories like the Spartans. Yeah. Of, like, they're saying, like, someone's like, if I come to your place, you will die. I'll take your weapons. You'll die. And he replied back, if. I was like, whoa! <laughs> whoa! <laughs> <laughs> not badass. like what okay and then you die now what he said if <laughs> yeah he said i back myself some people they're so funny i love how confident people are i always have like these imaginary daydream scenarios of me being a badass like that but realistically i would walk away like not my problem i'm walking right, away I, like, I, I like life i'm just gonna walk away self-preservation not my business mm-hmm. i'm gonna walk away <laughs> Just one more story before I move on. Yeah. There's this one story of like this, I think, believe it was like Japanese armies like fighting against each other. It was like before they're like union, like under one banner, I guess. And this one clan, they ran out of people. Basically, there was like no one coming to help them. And they were at this fortress. And the other army was coming over. There was a ton of them, right? But the thing is, the army was with like without any soldiers, had a general who was who was very formidable. Like, even the other generals were scared of him. So when it came to... When they got to the to the gates of their of their fortress, they opened the gates, right? And this one general, he's in the middle, like, in the middle of an open street, just playing, like, this musical instrument. And they were so scared because they thought there was going to be, like, an ambush that they walked away. They backed off. And that was the hugest bluff. Like, they, they didn't call that bluff. Like, they're like, nope. That, Something's going on right. here. We're not going to test it. We're going to walk away. I'm like, what? Like, oh, we do not want the smoke. We will be walking away. <laughs> and there was no threat at all. <laughs> True poker right there. Honestly. True poker face. Better be safe than sorry, you know? So for me, the special moment that happened for me, it's a very small moment. It's a, like just one scene. It's when... Haku tells Chihiro to to go see her parents, right? Because they're pigs. Yeah. And she goes back through the whole hotel. She goes through every place that she's already been to. And it's all empty because they sleep during the day. She goes through, like, these flowers. And that's my favorite shot in the whole movie. It's when she's, like, moving in between these flowers. And it's, I just thought it was a beautiful shot. Like, the flowers look so beautiful. And it really went with her pink outfit. It's a very short shot, but it's great. And another shot that I really liked is when she's walking on the water mm-hmm. because it's like a railroad. You see like the whole horizon is just water and she's walking on top of the horizon. And it's a very short shot. She has like her shoes in her hand and the fly and the mouse are just going with her. It's very short. It's very minimal. It's just there and it's gone. Right. And there are just pl- plenty of moments in this movie that just impressed me with the artwork. And those were two moments that have always stood out to me. The other thing that really impresses me about this movie is that it was all hand-drawn. Really? He, Miyazaki, he said after Princess Mononoke, which came out in the 90s, he said he didn't want to do another movie. He, he says that all the time. He keeps making another movie after like this, his last movie. He really wanted to make this movie. And all hand-drawn, he's, he storyboarded the whole movie. Oh and God. in the special features of the DVD, it shows the whole movie in storyboard. Oh. And I didn't get a chance to see the whole thing. Yeah. But it was very interesting to see, like, how they'll go from, like, few scribbles to, like, the final art. And to this day, it's the only hand-drawn animated film to win an Oscar. <gasps> Gotta clap it up. Gotta clap. That's crazy. Yeah. 
one that is hand drawn and two that's the only one that's won an Oscar or animated that's won an Oscar, right? Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was a foreign film. Well, I guess it's not considered foreign, isn't it? It's considered a foreign film, no? It is. Yeah. It's Japanese. And you know, movie. yeah, and you know, they it's not easy. It. Yeah, it's not easy in the U.S. You know, to get them to look <laughs> at foreign films. Yeah, and I think we kind of discussed enough about the movie. Unless you have anything else to say. Oh, I think the last thing I was going to say or what I was thinking about, obviously the main character is great. Um, but I think that it took like mm. immense bravery for her like, at the beginning to say like, no, this feels wrong. Even though like her parents said that it was okay. Like at the beginning when they were walking to the restaurant or stuff like that, she was like, oh, we'll just mm. eat. Yeah. But she was just like, this feels wrong. And like, for us, for like kids, when your parents say it's okay, it's like in your head, you're like, mm, I don't know, it feels wrong, but like they said it's okay, so it's okay. You're not going to verbalize these things. But like the fact that she verbalized it and was like, no, we have to go, I think, yeah, that just mm-hmm. spoke to her, um, to her character before we like even knew much about her. And so I thought that was a great introduction to her, really, because that was like the first, I mean, they spoke in the car a little bit, but that was like the first time where we actually saw the character. And I was like, oh, yeah, she a bad bitch. So. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. She's a great character. Yeah. And amazing. I want to talk a little bit as to like what inspired this movie. So mm-hmm. Miyazaki, he wrote the screenplay after he decided to make a film based on the 10-year-old daughter of his friend, mm-hmm. which is the film's associate producer, because they would come visit his house each summer. And he was just impressed with how indifferent she was to her parents. Like she would just live in her own little world. She didn't care that they made movies. She, she was just her own little girl. Right. She she basically was the character that they were inspired by to make. Oh, that's funny. And he made a few films for, like, you know, little girls and teenagers with, like, for little children, My Neighbor Totoro, and for teenagers, Kiki's Delivery Service. But he realized he had to make a film for 10-year-old girls. You know, <laughs> they're, like, at that middle stage right. between uh, little girl to, like, Teenager. becoming uh, a young woman. Yeah. So... I guess like, becoming a teenager, yeah. essentially. So for inspiration, he would read like the shoujo manga magazines that the girls would leave at his cabin. Mm-hmm. But he felt like this, they offer, only offered subjects on like crushes and romance. He didn't think that was exactly what what those 10-year-old girls really yeah. care for. Yeah. So he decided to produce a movie about a young heroine that they can look up to instead. Aww. And that's why we, that's how we get Chihiro. Yeah. Uh, that's such a great inspiration. Yeah, just kids are inspiration. Yeah. I didn't know, like, I knew that it was um, his friend's child, but I didn't know, like, the backstory about her. So that's interesting. Yeah, like, she was just indifferent. It's like, I'm thinking of, like, celebrities' kids, you know? Like, uh, to us, the celebrities are so cool. Yeah. But to the kids, to their kids, they're, like, the lamest people ever. Yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> like, yeah, that's my mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's just somebody you work with. Right. Like, I need my mom okay. and my dad. To, yeah. Like, I need them to give me food. Like, that's all. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, they didn't give me the latest iPod. I don't care about them. <laughs> it's just a universal feeling. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what status you are. Yeah. Your kids will feel indifferent to you because they don't really know the impact you've had. Exactly. Before they existed. Mm-hmm. And as far as, like, the bathhouse. So... It, the bathhouse is inspired by Miyazaki's hometown, and there was a bathhouse in his hometown. He always thought it was like a mysterious place because there was a small door next to one of the bathtubs in the bathhouse, mm. and he was always curious about what was behind it. And he made up several stories around what was behind that door. 
one of which inspired the setting for this movie, Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, this is all mostly hand-drawn. They do have some 3D elements here and there. They didn't use it too much because they didn't want it to take it away from the story. Because we, as we see today, there's so much CGI. We don't really care what happens to the hero because <laughs> yeah. we know there's not really a physical danger. And usually the story doesn't accompany the CGI to like really carry it well. Here, they use it um, very subtly. They yeah. used it before with Princess Mononoke. And for this movie, they wanted to just have the story tell itself instead of relying too much on 3D. It was also going to be three hours long. Um, but <sighs> they decided to, to delete a lot of scenes from it. Miyazaki said he had to reduce, quote, eye candy from it. Uh, I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that's what they had to do. Now, as far as the English adaptation, bringing this movie from Japan to mm-hmm. United States. Yeah. So John Lasseter, he's a Pixar animator and a fan and friend of Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. And he would often sit with his staff to watch his work um, when encountering story problems with Pixar's um, movies. So this is around the time, this is 2000 when he first started producing it. So this is like before Toy Story 2, I believe. Mm-hmm. Because Toy Story is 1995. Yeah. Toy Story 2, I think 2002. Around that era. Mm-hmm. And when he saw Spirited Away, he loved it. He was all for this movie. And upon hearing his reaction to the film, the CEO, at its, Disney CEO at the time, Michael Eisner, he asked Lasseter if he would be interested in introducing Spirited Away to the American audience. And he jumped out that chance. He agreed to be the executive producer for the English version to the English adaptation. Following that decision... A lot of other people from other several projects um, went into this project. So Beauty and the Beast co-director Kirk Wise and Aladdin co-producer Donald W. Ernst joined Lasseter as director-producer Spirited Away, mm, respectively. Yeah. And screenwriters Cindy and Donald Hewitt, they made the English language dialogue, which they wrote in order to match the character's original Japanese language lip movements to lip sync with, the, oh, with them. That's perfect. And the cast of the English dub consists of Davy Chase, who you may know as Lilo from Lilo and Stitch, <gasps> Jason Marsden, Suzanne Pleshett, Michael Chiklis, Lauren Holly, Susan Egan, David Ogden Steers, and and John Rasenberger. Mm. And that was surprising to me to hear that Davy Chase was in this movie because I, I knew that voice was familiar. Yeah. But it wasn't until later when I was doing research for this movie that she was Lilo. I was like, yeah. what? I would have never thought about it. I hear all these voice actors all the time. Yeah. Like I watch a bunch of cartoons. Like, they, yeah. all, they all start to sound similar yeah. after a while. Yeah. Or I was going to say that, like, they do such a good job at voice acting that you just associate that, like, their voice to that particular character. But then they do mm. another character and they ha- they switch it up just a little bit, just, in- just a little bit to, like, make it their own. And then they're like, oh, that's that <laughs> character. So... I mean, definitely. they do their job. That's what they should be doing. Definitely, definitely. Like, I, I know Tara Strong has done, like, she's a very popular voice actress because, like, when people learn the cast behind these characters, they're yeah. like, oh, wait, she voiced how many characters? <laughs> all, almost all of them. Right. And one woman show. It's just amazing to see, like, it's like Raven is different to, like, Ben 10. Mm-hmm. Like, they're two completely different characters from different universes based on the voice of the same woman. Yeah. And I couldn't comprehend that when I first learned that. <laughs> brain explode so my thoughts on the film yeah so i think they'll be a little different from yours yes just a little. so uh at the end of the century there's going to be a list of the best hundred films of the 21st century and i can say with complete confidence that spirit away will be in that list it's a wonderful movie it's an alice in wonderland tale 
And it's just a universal story of not just growing, but discovering something within yourself. I, I really like this movie. I love the music here. I love the art. And I'm getting to see it again. I, I really like it that much. I'm not going to dispute you on that. I was actually going to look it look up because there is like an archive of like, but I think this is like the US archive or something of like most influential mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. I was like, it could be on there. Like, I don't dispute that. I think it should be, especially as an animation, especially everything that is done with hand drawn and the kind of like, and this was like early 2000s, right? That it came out. It's like an early movie. So yeah. with the, yeah. Uh, 2001. Yeah. 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 I feel like people weren't talking about capitalism. 2001, end of 2001, it was all terrorism. So, <laughs> beginning of 2001 was all about, like, internet and computer and the boom. So, yeah, big brain stuff over there. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, like, this movie is very influential. It's very popular to this mm-hmm. day. For the longest time, it was the highest grossing film in Japanese history. Oh. Until 19 years later, in 2020, it was surpassed by the Demon Slayer movie. Which, I'm going to be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, I don't get the hype for Demon Slayer. I couldn't even finish the first episode. I guess I've just watched too many shonen anime that I know the plot by now. Right. If there's like a new shonen manga, like, if it's like, if it, it gets inspiration for like Bleach or Naruto mm-hmm. or One Piece, I know the plot already. I know the architects, I know mm-hmm. the characters they're going to use, I know the tropes they're going to use. Like, My Hero Academia, I like that show, but I don't watch it, watch it anymore because then I, I realized it's just Naruto, but with superheroes. Right, yeah. It's like, it's not fun to watch when it's predictable. And it's not anything, yeah. like, new or unique. I don't even know this Demon Slayer movie, yeah. and I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I hate to sound like a hipster, but it's too mainstream. It's too uh, mainstream. We grew up in the hipster era. Well, I no, the second wave, I would say. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want no Gen X to come for me. They're the true hipsters, but uh, our tum- well, my Tumblr yeah, yeah. days, yeah, I-, I went through a hipster phase, I suppose, and I just, I just stay there. I did dip into Marvel, but I'm out of Marvel now, so I'm true hipster. I'm not gonna watch Thor. I, I don't think there's much to say after Endgame, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, and yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Right, that's right, all I'm right, gonna right, say. Right. I'm we're not gonna give. We're not, not gonna, gonna give. Into yeah. That. <laughs> So that concludes our conversation today. Thank you so much, Edmi, for being here. Appreciate you coming on the show again, talking about Spirited Away. <laughs> and uh, I might, might give you a little flack for this, but I always appreciate con- contradicting, contrasting opinions about <laughs> movies. I always enjoy them. So my final question for you is, was Spirited Away a hit or a miss with you? <gasps> oh, my God. I didn't know you were going to ask that. Um, it's okay. I always ask that. <laughs> I forgot. Okay, I'm so sorry. It's a miss for me, but <gasps> I, I thought your question was going to be, did you wish you watched it earlier? Because I was like, my answer would be like, I wish I watched it earlier because it would have been a hit, but like, it was a miss. But I do like Studio Ghibli and I will be watching. An- oh, okay. That's how much he hated my opinion. You right, you right. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. Not really. <laughs> and it, it could have been so many things. I don't know. I used to ask that, like, do you think you should have watched it sooner? But it's just yeah, along with the show, hit or miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was a miss, but it would have been a hit had I watched it when I was younger. That's what I would say. But I still okay. like it. I still, I, three out of five is not a bad review in my eye. I don't tend to give a lot of things five out of five. So just because, you know, <laughs> just gotta, you got to save the five out of five, you know? Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I, I'm very generous with five out of five. Um, not so much lately because people have been disappointing me 
You could it could have been five out of five except for that one scene. One thing. Except for that one scene. Yeah. So any final words for our listeners? Um, I have nothing to promote, but I would like to tell everyone to go to therapy <laughs> and take care of yourself. The economy is kind of tanking. So you know what? Just just, you know, treat yourself. Treat yourself, go to therapy, and you know, have fun. As much fun as we can have in this day and age. Not to be too pessimistic, but Yeah. That's it for today, folks. You've been listening to the season four finale of the Hit List Podcast. My name is Jason, and until next time, cross off a new film from your list. Thank you for listening to the Hit List Podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider giving us five stars and leaving a review. It really does help. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Hit List Podcast and Instagram at the underscore hit list underscore podcast. 